0: Hello and welcome. I'm Simon. I am Haney. We are Needy Pintech, covering the latest from the IT industry with a specific focus on Microsoft and how to get actual value from technology. This is episode 242, recorded on October 25th, 2023. You'll be able to find this and our previous episodes on needypintech.com, iTunes, Spotify, and on most podcasting platforms. Question, which podcasting platforms aren't we on? And how can we be sure that we are on most podcasting platforms?
1: I'm not sure. Are you asking that <laughs> for me?
0: <laughs> I, I'm I think we're thinking. asking
1: our listeners. Maybe.
0: Yeah, let if, us if know you can't, if we're missing. Ex- exactly. If you can't find us on your favorite podcasting platform, let us know. But the likelihood of yes. you listening to us then is probably rather slim. Slim to none. <laughs> yeah. So we... Um, We have lost Alex. I think he is in Bavaria, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, And I'm actually in Oslo. Uh Uh-huh. Yes. And you are at home. I am at home. Yeah, a little more broken than last time.
1: Yes, I might have gone (laughs) snowboarding and uh, fallen down and broken my fall with my hand and fractured my
0: wrist. Broken your fall with your hand. I think you broke your yes. hand with your fall.
1: <laughs> That's a good point. Mm-hmm. But you know, you like it would be smart not to like reach out with your hand when you're falling, because they kind of snap easier than other parts of your body. So you should yeah. roll when you fall. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: You should roll. I think that if we were, so I'm still s- named, still working you... on that. Yeah. <laughs> If we were still naming our uh, episodes, I think "You Should Roll" would be would be good. I think that is applicable to IT as well.
1: I I think so too. It's very applicable. It's just yeah. easier, I think, in that context. <laughs>
0: yeah. So. That is um, surprising. Yeah. First and foremost, thank you to everyone that attended our sessions at Data Saturday and uh, Data Minds Connect a few weeks ago. Now. Um, It was great to meet our listeners and to get your input. So we hope to be back at some other conference or user group in a near future.
1: Yeah, it was really fun to do it with a live audience and get some comments or topics that we were discussing.
0: But uh, if you want to leave to- uh, comments on our topics that we talk about in these episodes, you're more than welcome to reach out on social media and email if you, if you want. Uh, that also goes if you want to be part of a episode or if you have a topic you want us to talk about. But uh, oh, I was thinking good. before we, we started recording that we have a relatively low amount of news items, so we might be on time this time. And now we're already talked about your hand (laughs) and a bunch of other things for 10% of this episode. So what about getting going? And you have some um, news from the world of Microsoft Azure.
1: Yes, let's let's get going. So the first one is kind of an interesting one. It's not maybe so impactful for people, but it's maybe something that I wanted to highlight as something that might be happening in other places as well. So for example, for virtual machines, kind of the default configuration you have for them has been quite uh, static for quite a long time. But actually now there was an announcement that they will be changing or or retiring the default Mm -hmm. outbound rules that they are using currently and actually kind of defaulting to a more secure way from the get-go. So they are pretty mm. much saying that they are moving towards a secure by default method, which with virtual mm. machines, since we rely so much on networking for security on those, it makes sense that then the outbound access isn't open to everything. Because right now, the default outbound is that you can reach the internet in mm-hmm. whatever way you want. Yeah. So that won't be returning very soon, but that will be changing Well, it says uh, 30th of September, 2025. So it's still quite a ways to go. And it doesn't affect you if you have existing virtual machines, only new virtual machines. But it will be interesting to see if this will then kind of come through to other services as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because there are some services where I've been like, why is this the default setting? Like Mm -hmm. the less secure option of the things that is there. So for example, for storage accounts, you can have either um, HTTPS enabled or not. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And like, why would that default to not being enabled? (laughs) So it's kind of one of those things where you wonder a little bit like, why maybe the secure approach would be easier for people that they don't have to tweak so many things and ensure that Settings are in the right place
0: hmm. but so so what will happen is that any new VM you create after the thirteenth 13th, 13th of thirtieth of September in two years' time won't be able to access the internet, only internal network resources that you connect at VM to.:
1: Yes, so uh, so there won't be like an implicit IP address mm. uh, allocated to the virtual mm-hmm. machines that then allow it to communicate to the internet. Yeah. Uh, but of course, if you want to still have that outbound internet access, it will be mm. there will be a way, way to enable that. I don't know yet what that will be, but mm. uh, that is possible. And on the other hand, if you have like that default outbound access enabled for your VMs, then you have a possibility to co- also kind of transfer to this new model after that Mm. date as well.
0: So if you want, so is it correct then that you have two options for internet access for those VMs? Either you put it into the state, which we currently are in, where all the VMs can Mm. go out straight to the internet from wherever they are. And the other option would be to allow it to go out to the internet through your own network.
1: That's at least my understanding currently. It is quite a new announcement, so mm. we'll probably get some more details as the date yep. nears, as well. Mm-hmm. Since we are still quite far away from that.
0: Yeah, but but in general, like it's it's. I think it's good practice to definitely control control that at least. And as you say, for for a lot of services, it doesn't make sense uh, as well. And most yeah. VMs, I would say, it doesn't make sense for at all. You wouldn't put exactly. your regular servers. On the yeah. internet in that way today, <laughs> they would probably go through some kind of firewall or something similar to that. Yeah,
1: exactly. Exactly. Cool.
0: But we, we still have a few years to go before that Yeah, uh, exactly. That it's not happening
1: right now. Two years. <laughs> so <laughs> everybody has plenty of time and have exactly. to figure you out can... how this even works.
0: <laughs> yeah. If you're listening to this very early in the morning, like we are recording this relatively early in the morning. Uh, If you're listening to this early in the morning, you can go back and sleep for a few more years uh, before something will actually impact (laughs) you. And like Nene said, it will will only impact new VMs.
1: Exactly. Then another small bits of news, more like a new pricing tiers. I have actually two of these new pricing Mm -hmm. tier capability things available. So uh, for Azure API management... Uh, this has been one of my, I'm not sure, uh, uh, pet peeves about mm. what, how cloud services sometimes aren't so cloud natively, seemingly <laughs> something. <laughs> so with API management, you can essentially... Uh, have an API gateway where you manage uh, how your APIs are published and have documentation and, and kind of a place where people can test them out and find mm-hmm. the, find everything that is necessary for those. Mm-hmm. And one of the issues with API management has been that there has been only like three or four different pricing tiers that you can choose from. And
0: Only three or four pricing tiers. And people tell me that Microsoft 365 licensing is complicated. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's true. But the issue there has been that it hasn't been until kind of the premium pricing tier where you get all the virtual network integration support. Mm-hmm. And that has often been the case that you have then some kind of like, even you use this API gateway for something that is your in your private network, whether whether it's on-prem or in Azure. But there has been kind of this difficulty that even though you might not have a lot of API usage and you wouldn't need a premium tier for that, then you've still had to use it for the networking support. Mm -hmm. So for Azure API management, this has been a long time in the asking. There is now public preview of basic and standard version two tiers Mm -hmm. that actually enable you to configure private networking. So you are now able to configure that with even these tiers. And there is also a promise of faster deployment and scaling times, which is very much needed (laughs) for this particular service. And they are saying it is now minutes instead of tens of minutes, I guess.
0: (laughs) Because like you said, that surprises me a bit because isn't that like an API the thing you would need to scale like the fastest of everything?
1: Mm. Yeah, this has been the one where you've had to really like determine how much are you going to need. But no, this is really the gateway. Mm-hmm. Normally mm-hmm. you don't put kind of the API logic into it. Maybe some, some, like, some things that need to happen between the actual service that then provides the API itself mm-hmm. and the gateway. You might have something like handling authentication there or mm. some little tweaks, but it's not kind of the main processing thing. So it's ah, more okay. just the gateway that handles authentication and things like that.
0: Yeah, And, and that yeah. to some extent makes sense if it's not scaling as yeah. fast as the API would yes. possibly need to scale. Yeah,
1: Yes, but let's just say it hasn't been ideal and I'm very <laughs> happy to see these new tiers and... Mm-hmm glad that there is also other improvements here that is not just the networking side so very very happy about that and I'm kind of cheering for API management <laughs> to keep improving <laughs> as we go on
0: it's it's always fascinating to like I, I've still haven't figured out how much you actually know because there are always things that. <laughs> do you do this as well? You're the kind of the only person I know that actually knows Azure. It's like, hmm. I think you know everything. I'm impressed.
1: Yeah, I've had a <laughs> chance to use quite many of the services that are there in not just you know play around with it, but no, actually, actually use, use them. them. Yeah, <laughs> so. <laughs> I'm not sure how that has happened in in a few years. So
0: I think you're just I, curious and probably working for a, for a good place.
1: Yeah. And it's yeah. kind of like, I want to figure out if there's some way to break <laughs> things. So that's also so, so, always so fun. That,
0: yeah. So that's what you do. You try every single Azure feature and try to break it. And once you have broken it, you move on to the next one. Yeah, exactly. And people exactly. call me the chaos service of Azure.
1: Yeah, yeah. I can help you out in that.
0: Thank you. <laughs> and you had one more news item on new SKU's, right, Haney?
1: Yes. So, a couple of episodes, we talked about new tiers uh, for Azure Container Apps, and there is actually now a bit of another update here, which is that you can get Azure Saving Plan for compute for Azure Container Apps. And this is kind of the reserved instance model we've had for virtual machines and so forth. And as was, I was actually looking into this, I was wondering have they renamed that to Azure Saving Plan? But I wasn't 100% sure while while I was digging. <laughs> But anyways, you have the option to kind of commit to either a one-year saving plan or three years. And then when you do that, you get for one year, you're able to get 15% savings and for three years, 17% savings. So a nice feature where you can get some cost savings in your environment as well, when you kind of have some general idea of how how much capacity you're going to need during the next year.
0: But could you combine that with the reserved instance? So if I know that I will spend X amount of dollars in Azure, could I add on top of that that I know out of these spendings, I will actually use container apps to this extent and therefore get a discount on that? Or or are they two separate things?
1: Well, as I said, I am wondering if Azure reserved instance is now Azure saving savings plan for compute ah, okay. as a name. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So but anyways mm-hmm. with that it's always has been uh resource specific. So yeah. you, for example if you use virtual machines you do that within the virtual machine context and say I will use this uh this tier virtual machine uh for the next mm-hmm. year and it at least on yeah. the virtual machine side it hasn't been fully uh you know locking you into that one. So you don't like say this particular virtual machine is this one that is allocated to the reserved instance. It is kind of flexible behind the scenes. Yeah. So, yeah, that is mm-hmm. the last topic. So then I think we have some use items from your side.
0: Yeah, of course. Um, so we'll, we'll actually start with something I know a lot of my customers at least have waited for. With the... Um, latest update to Windows 11 so the September 2023 update, Microsoft is now introducing new ways of signing into Windows. Mm -hmm. So finally, you will actually be able to sign in using your phone, which we have been able to do with Microsoft accounts for a while, but now we can do with Entra ID accounts. So you can use passwordless sign in using the web sign in feature in Windows Ah. and actually sign in to a device using your code on your phone.
1: That is cool. Uh,
0: So you, yeah, Uh, and super useful because Mm. that means that you actually can log into like say shared devices uh, using your phone and not knowing a password, where that's in the instances where you do not know the password, you haven't enrolled before. Um, This also enables support for um, temporary access pauses. So where you as, let's say that you are a manager and you have a temporary hire and you want that person to sign in, you can actually grant them a temporary access pass to sign into a machine, which enables them to write their um, username uh, and then a a temporary access pass like a pin code or similar uh, to, to sign in. They don't need to have a password. They don't need to know a password. They don't need to have MFA set up. They will just be able to sign in. So both of these are now available in addition To the existing ones and this also means that you actually can remove even the option of signing in with your password in windows
1: oh all right
0: so where you have if you have your windows 11 sign-in screen you have the options of do windows hello pin code all of that you can now remove password as an option
1: very interesting
0: i think the the most important aspect here is really the phone sign-in because that has been a big ask from manufacturing, as an example, where you could use temporary access passes or something like that and set up a really cool workflow. So where you get on your shift, you get your temporary access pause, you use that for that shift only, and then you you don't have to remember any passwords or so. So that is a nice feature, which is now available in Windows 11. Uh, Speaking about authentications and things that will be deprecated microsoft have announced that they will in time remove ntlm so nt lan manager as an authentication protocol in windows this is uh, long overdue ntlm has been there since 2000 year 2000 um and is Like it's still hard-coded into a lot of applications and so on due to some features in NTLM which Kerberos haven't been able to do. Uh, And examples of that that Microsoft uh, emphasizes are that you do not need to have local network connectivity to domain controller. Uh, It's up until now been the only protocol supported when using local accounts. Um, And it works when you don't know who the target server is. All of those things have now been fixed in an addition to Kerberos, which is named IA Curb. So it's <laughs> an extension to the Kerberos protocol. Um, it would have been fun if, if it was AI Curb, but now it's <laughs> IA Curb, just to make it more complicated. Uh, that know. will now allow for all of these things that we were able to do with the NTLM with Kerberos instead. So in time, Microsoft deprecated, they haven't said a particular time for when they will do it. It will be, uh, and I'm quoting here, we are taking a data-driven approach and monitoring reductions in NTLM usage to determine when it will be safe to disable. Ah. Which mm. means never. Yes. I honestly think it's better to set a date yes. and say that by this time, and put it five years ahead so yeah, that exactly. someone does anything. But now, why why would you move if you do not have a time? Then you will just wait until Microsoft sets a time.
1: Yeah, exactly. That's what, what's going to happen. So,
0: mm. uh, But it, it's really about, if you're a developer, stop using NTLM. It's yes. ancient. Um, if you are a organization, start monitoring your NTLM usage and try to get rid of it as as soon as you can Um, and start to prepare because there are other options available. So you should very soon not have any reasons to stay other than applications. And if your application developers aren't keen on changing, I would suggest you change your
1: application. (laughs) That is good advice.
0: Being aware that that is incredibly complicated for a lot of organizations yeah. so yes take that with a grain of pinch is do you say grain of salt or pinch of salt i think grain is that of salt. A very bad grain of salt which is also very odd
1: it is really odd because
0: in that way of saying in swedish is a pinch of salt uh, and a grain of salt why would you take
1: it with a grain of salt yeah it's i like think grain relates grain. to like wheat and produce like that Salt, but yeah, I don't it's, know. It's very odd.
0: Yeah, we're very, very happy that this isn't a linguistic podcast. Luckily, not. It's been a while since we talked about news in Intune, but the upside is that very little has happened <laughs> uh, since actually the week of September 18th. I do think that that might be due to things that they are uh, ramping up in, in time for Ignite, might be. Uh, But on this other hand, we haven't really talked about uh, Intune and using Intune for a while. So the main thing that's happened recently is that you now, if you go to endpoint.microsoft.com, which was the previous URL uh, that we're replacing Intune.microsoft.com, now it does the other way since they renamed it again. Oh. So a couple of years ago, they moved from re- Like if you went to intune.microsoft.com, you ended up with endpoint.microsoft.com. Now it's the opposite. So start using Intune again, I... not endpoint, because they love to change names. And yes, endpoint they do. Manager unfortunately, and never, never a name that I I liked. It was quite fun yesterday. I um, was at a customer yesterday, and uh, their facility management firm were named Entra. Oh. <laughs> it was like. Of course. Come on. Of course. It makes sense. It, it, they yeah. b- both work with access, but different kinds of access. Yeah.
1: Very different kinds of access. <laughs> yeah. That's uh, but other things
0: that happened since we last spoke about it is that m- mobile application management for Windows is generally available. So where you can containerize Edge, as an example, and ensure that you do not leak information from Edge. That is super neat and something that I uh, wanted to see for a while. Uh, This is, of course, replacing the former Windows Information Protection, or VIP. It had a a much better name before. I think it was Enterprise Data Protection when Windows 8 or 10 were released, which I really liked and did a lot of sessions on. But now we have uh, mobile application management for Windows, which is now generally available. Mm. Uh, you can also configure a custom refresh interval for your Intune policies. That has been a huge ask because currently for a changed policy, it will only update that every eight hours. So if you create a new policy, it will be almost instant. But if you edit an existing policy, it can take a long time. But now you are able to set your re- config refresh at mm. your own pace.
1: That makes sense. So that
0: is something that, yeah, yeah and like, I I've, I know how Intune is built. Microsoft done sessions, like it, it's in, an incredible service in the background, which is really cloud native. It's it's based on all of these cool things that you know and I know nothing about. <laughs> um. And, and, of course, it needs to be scalable. So the reason mm. why they have this relatively slow cadence is, of course, not to overwhelm the service. Mm. So we'll see what Microsoft puts into place in terms of restrictions for this. But yeah. for a lot of organizations, I would say that this is uh, a really welcome feature. Yeah. We also got remote help on Mac OS. So that's something that's been also a huge ask. So the ability to... Remotely connect to macOS devices. It's supported on um, 11, 12, and 13 currently. Uh, but where an Intune administrator will be able to use the remote help to connect to macOS. Previously, that was only available for Windows. And my last thing that I would like to mention is that we now have a really good article on how to use the Microsoft Security Copilot, obviously in preview still with Microsoft Intune. So for the ones of you that doesn't know, Copilot is the new AI feature that will be built in into most of Microsoft products. Uh, And uh, there's one for Microsoft 365 and also one for security. Uh, And security also includes Intune. So now you're able to use the security Copilot to ask um, the large language model things like, can you compare these two policies and tell me what's different in them? Uh, what apps do i have uh, to which group of devices are this app uh, assigned uh, how many devices were enrolled in intune so basically oh. you can ask with uh, like a, a prompting language a lot of things about intune which is it's nice and you can obviously do that uh, with code as well if you want I was to do that
1: somehow When says it says security copilot, I was like, "Does this help you? Mm -hmm. Like, do your security configurations better? Maybe it does. Like by proxy, but but you know that's not maybe the first purpose of it. More like being able to discover your data.
0: Yeah, exactly. Currently, it's focused on um, general information, policy targets, specific devices. So. Tell yeah. me about this device or tell me about this user's devices uh, and you can compare things. So currently you could not do things with it. Uh, so basically create a policy that does this or that. It wouldn't be a surprise if that came at some point, but currently it's about querying oh. the data and not taking any actions. Um, and I do think like if you if you look at the bigger picture, The most obvious use case for this within the security sphere is obviously like if instead of writing KQL in Sentinel, you can actually ask the Mm -hmm. vendor, um, tell me what's happened on this device the last 30 minutes or something like that. So we'll we'll probably get back to the security copilot in a later episode.
1: Yeah, very interesting.
0: But But with that, I think we might be on time.
1: Yes, I think so.
0: So uh, I think it's time to end. And uh, we will be back next week with a focus segment uh, brought to you by uh, myself and, and Haney. Uh And uh, meanwhile, please reach out on social media or via email if you would like to add something. Um, but until then, have a great week. Take care.
1: Bye. Bye-bye.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode of Need Even Tech. Tech is a bi-weekly technology podcast hosted by Alexander Avitson, Simon Binder and Heini Hilmarinen. If you have any feedback, questions or would like to be part of an episode, please reach out to us on social media or via email at podcast at nidibintech.com.